Hey, it's Kyle Meredith, host of the Kyle Meredith with podcast, presented by WFPK at WFPK.org and the Consequence Podcast Network. It's a series that puts the spotlight on iconic musicians and actors, inviting them to drop by and talk about their latest projects, whether it's albums, TV shows, films, or beyond. I'm going to say something I don't want to say. Here it goes. Without Spinal Tap, there is no Tenacious D. Whoa. <laughs> Man. We get great stories and the biggest scoops from people like Garbage's Shirley Manson, the 1975's Maddie Healy, Jack Black and Kyle Gass of Tenacious D, Maya Hawk, Kiefer Sutherland, and everyone in between. New episodes arrive every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones. You can find Kyle Meredith with on the Consequence Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. In 2013, the Boston Calling Music Festival launched as a spring and fall festival. Years later, it still pumps out some of the best lineups of the entire season. So for the first time ever on the What Podcast, we're going to spend an entire episode dedicated to Boston Calling. What do we need to know? Who do we need to see? Diving deep on one of the unheralded music festivals of the year. Boston Calling today on the What Podcast. Lord Taco, Barry Corder, Brad Steiner. It starts right now. Welcome back into the What Podcast, which bands this year that matter. There's Lord Taco back at it. Nice to oh, see you, hey. buddy. Yeah, all nice rinsed out. Yeah, all boy. rinsed out. All dried up. We'll I see. Can't wait to hear how that week went. Or week <laughs> I don't know. Went. I don't know if I believe. There's Barry Quarter. Barry Quarter, looking like you uh, just got a fresh cut. Did, did Barry Quarter just get a fresh cut? I've got this Boris. What's his name? The the English Boris Johnson. No, what's it? The Johnson. I don't know what's Boris Johnson. Here. Yes. Oh, I was about to say, if you're there. making a Boris Yeltsin reference, we have gotten way, <laughs> way too old. <laughs> That's how old I am. Yeah, you remember the czar? <laughs> the czar. Um, how's everybody doing? Good. First time the whole team's been together Good. in a while. Yeah, I really didn't yeah. want to hear about Taco's trip. Oh, uh, yeah. Taco came Hold to New Orleans, it. and I, um, I, my job was to take him to every dive bar in the city. And uh, I think we did it. Uh, I think we missed a few, so I'll have to come back for another round. I uh, love we, the spirit. We got damn I really close. do love the spirit. Yeah. The guy's yeah. got a never-ending attitude. He never wants to stop, and that's what's going to make him successful. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to make it. Yeah. I, I, I did hear you, uh, you, you, you broke out a little bit. You, you had not only uh, your regular 12-ounce, but a couple of 16-ounces and some draft. That's right. I, mean, I tried all the flavors. Have, crazy. You went crazy down there. I heard draft cans, bottles, 12, he, uh, 16. He tried uh, so many different variations of PBR. It must, it, at this point, it better be rust blue ribbon. 
They just should change the name to Rust Blue River. You know, if you're if you're gonna go to New Orleans, you might as well go all out. So I respect he you went for all it. out. He went all out, showed boobs. It was nuts. Oh, yeah. It was nuts. Slept on the floor too, like a real New Orleanian. He uh yeah. he said, Screw it, this looks good to me. We were worried about you on Monday because we couldn't find you. Couldn't find yeah, you. Yeah, I overslept Monday. Sorry about that. Well, yeah. We were afraid you were like, you know, on the side of a road or a ditch or. So if you don't know, Lord Taco, uh, being in uh, North Georgia, Barry quarters in Chattanooga, I'm in new Orleans. And, and for the first time, uh, one of my podcast pals came and visited me. Now, uh, I knew it would never be uh, Barry quarter because Barry has not left the state since the eighties. So <laughs> luckily, and luckily I got Russ to, to come down and, um, it was your first time since when you hadn't been here in a while. First time I went to New Orleans was 2013, and we just did all the typical Bourbon Street, hurricanes, all the tourist stuff. We never really ventured far out of that. So this yeah. time I actually got to go into the all the side neighborhoods and all the where the locals go. And what Taco said that I love so much when he got here, he's like, every neighborhood, it's just like house, 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 bar, house, yeah. house, house, bar, house, 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 bar. And that's really the way, the way I love, uh, the thing I love the most about it is, is all the great spots are just in between a couple of houses. Whereas, I love that. Whereas here it's house, 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 church, house, 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 church. What's <laughs> the difference? The, uh, the trip was actually a, a lot of fun. I, you know, Russ is one of these guys that, you know, you, he can fit into any shape you pour him into. Right. So it doesn't matter what you decide to do. He's always game for it. And I'm so very flexible. Yeah. So when I say, so should we go to this bar? His answer is, yeah, yeah, we should do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a very last minute decision because uh, Kelsey was the one who decided to go and she was like, Hey, I'm got some days off. I'm going to go. You want to go? I'm like, can't say, can't say why not. So, and I, I need to in the drive. car with her and yeah, well, I ended up driving her, but Good either way. Uh, but yeah, she was like, Oh, I want to go to this store and this restaurant and this yeah. fancy place and this, and I'm a shopping like, trip for her. And yeah. so what did what me and you were going to do? It, exactly. So I was just like, well, yeah, whatever. Let's go. Let's go to a bar. Yeah, let's go. Let's go start yeah. drinking. Let's yeah. start drinking. <laughs> we only, we did the quarter. We did a day in the quarter and we bounced mm -hmm. around. And, and I think that uh, Taco's favorite place is a place called the golden lantern. He was a big fan of the golden lantern. It was, it was nice. It was, yeah. And then, it was, it and was then cheerful. And then I took him Barry to the white whale, the grand poobah, the greatest of the great, the greatest bar in the world. I will put everything that I have on it. The greatest place on the planet. And that's what taco pals. The pals lounge. Yes. Is that the one right near you? Yes. It's, it's near me. And it's gotten to the point where, um, when, you know, we go to move and buy a house, it will be within 500 yards, draw a circle around pals because <laughs> I cannot leave <laughs> Can't my leave. favorite spot in the world. Is, is that where you did the challenge? No, that was at snake and Jake's. Yeah. So then, so then the next night we go to, we do the pals thing and pals is, you know, to me, just the best bar on the planet. And then so the next right, night, go back, let's go back. Yeah, Why? Sure. Why? Okay. Yeah. Well, ta Taco, you start because I bloviate a lot and I don't want to like oversell it. So let's see what Taco has to <laughs> say about you, Pals Lounge. Not that you have already. <laughs> Why would I ahead. ever do that? <laughs> uh, Pals serves PBR. So I'm sorry. Right. I mean, that yeah. was, mm -hmm. that was a given, but go yeah. ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they've got a great jukebox. They have one of the best 
dive bar bathrooms that I've seen. Yeah. Um, they've got great art on the walls. I'm going to need more detail. What's on the jukebox that makes it special and what's special about this bathroom? Yeah. So first off, a couple of things I am uh, doing a, uh, I think I'm going to start doing, I can start, I've already started, but I'm going to make a dive bar bathroom field guide of new Orleans. That is just pictures of great dive bar bathrooms in the city. And, um, I wanted to basically be a guide to the crown jewels. And to me, the great dive bar bathrooms, the great dive bars in this world have great bathrooms and they can't be clean. They can't be pristine and, you know, filled with beautiful tile and stainless steel. No, they, they got to have character and they've got to have, they don't have, that- the, they don't have the glass bowl sink. No, I don't no. want a glass bowl. The waterfall. The waterfall. waterfall. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that. I, I want not, character. Okay, that's not it. <laughs> no, I want character. I want it to. I want it to be its own entity, right? And I want it to be the thing that, like, you know, just by looking at it, that's that place. I've uh, gone around the city and I've taken some of like 150 photos of dive bar bathrooms, and I want to do a picture field guide of the great dive bar bathrooms in the in, in New Orleans because there's so many. When I walked into the Pals bathroom, it's the crown jewel. It's the like greatest angels, angels started singing and all that. It's close. I, wow. I don't want to give it away. I don't want to tell you yeah, yeah. what's, what's adorning the walls. I don't want to tell you how you walk into the bathroom <laughs> because it's just such a glorious space. That in of itself is, is such a great part of it. The jukebox berry. Oh my God. You know, you go from Dolly Parton to Prince and it's so hand curated by the people that work there. And that's the other thing that's important to me about a great dive bar. It's got to have a great jukebox and it cannot be, it cannot be touch tunes. You cannot give me a Spotify playlist. It's got to be hand curated by the people that work there. And taco was there on a very special day because I had gotten to the jukebox and I always have like a pretty good idea of what my set's going to be. Right. And uh, so I get to the jukebox and I notice they've added the very first ever B-52 CD. Oh, oh I was nice. so excited. It was a new edition. When you get a new edition nice. of the jukebox in 2022, it's like it's Christmas morning. And so I'm so excited. I've got a new song I'm going to add to the playlist. It's the first song in that first album. I love that song so much. So I put it on track one, hit play, and the damn thing just starts skipping. Oh, no. I mean, we missed it's, it's a, a CD yeah. song. And so the next day, me and Taco go to record stores and try and find the B-52 CD so that we can replace it into the, uh, into the jukebox. And so uh, I talked to the girl who runs the place and I said, so I, I, I went to find a new CD for the jukebox. And she said, no, 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 no. We, we will curate the jukebox. Like, no, I don't want to give you a new CD. I want to replace the CD that you already have. And she's like, oh. Okay. I can, nice. I just love the, like the care that they're willing to put into this jukebox that no, 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 you're not, you're not putting something in that we don't yeah. approve. <laughs> I love that. Can um, I, they uh, also, they also followed me on Instagram. That's the only bar that we went to that followed me on Instagram. Nice. It's a big deal. So, uh, real quick, my nephew, um, opened a bar here in Chattanooga called low main. It's on main mm-hmm. street. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he has a really good Graham has an unbelievable taste. So he's curated their soundtrack, but we had a a board meeting for a a group that I'm on and it was a four o'clock meeting and on the TV, well, on the jukebox, they were playing uh, Slade, which was pretty cool to begin with. But on the TV, they were playing uh, A Clockwork Orange, the unedited version. Yeah, so see, you can that's, imagine. That's another good, that's a good poll because in, uh, in Pals, all they do is show like really old campy horror movies. 
Well, Star Trek was on the one other time we were there, sure. early Star Trek. But but you can imagine a board meeting sure. with, with you had half the table with their backs to the TV and the other half facing it. So the, I was watching Staring the ones up. with their yeah. back because you can see the faces. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you don't, if you've never seen the movie, it's pretty graphic. A and, great, you know, the rape scenes and the brute. <laughs> there is a amazing. really good uh, here. This this is a mark of a really great bar, right? I don't like TVs and bars because it's distracting and the whole point of being there is to have a conversation and chit chat, whatever. But if you're going to have TVs in there, there could be major sporting events happening in this city. There could be saints games happening and they've still got goofy yeah, horror movies. The kitschy yeah. horror movies from the eighties still on. They do not the, care. Yeah. Go to what, one what of the we watch places. places. What, what did we watch at Milan? What, uh, Beetlejuice? Yeah. <laughs> nice. great so so anyway so we do that one day then the next night we decide to take taco to the legendary snake and jakes where if you are a new bonnaroovian you don't know this but for years and years and years because of the the roots of bonnaroo being in new orleans and half of the the organization being from new orleans superfly they brought some of the new orleans flair to the uh the festival the first few years there was a second line that always happened on thursday you know they there's always sort of a parade that happened and then there was the snake and jake's christmas barn inside Cineru. well that is from an actual place here in new orleans and you know if, if you didn't if you didn't already know that there's no possible way that you would know it because when you walk up to snake and jake's it is the tiniest bar you've ever seen in your life so if you didn't know that Snake and Jake's was already a pre-existing space in this world, walking up to it in Bonnaroo, it's like, oh, there's just this weird place called Snake and Jake's. So Taco, tell Barry your experience with the actual Snake and Jake's. Uh, it was good. Uh, the lighting was good. The bathroom's good. Uh, the, the lighting, by the way, it's pitch black with nothing but red lights everywhere. Oh, yeah, I, look just, I look great. I look great in those red, bars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> And your so your first your first night at Snake and Jake's you did what? We did the PBR challenge. PBR challenge. The yeah. bartender was so excited about this. We put three beers up against each other. One was a High Life. One was a PBR. And then one was a um, Schlitz. Schlitz. That's right. We tried to get hams. We actually tried to get hams for the kids, the hams kids, but uh, no can do. So we get the Schlitz. Um, we get the high life and taco is ready to go. I mean, he's never been more confident in anything in his life. And then what happened? I picked high life. Happy. <laughs> <laughs> had to go through twice. I listened. I'm proud of you for, for not only, you know, telling this story, but coming on this show and telling this story. Cause you must be ashamed. It's the walk of shame. This is no, the walk I, of shame for time. I'm not ashamed. I got three free beers. <laughs> Wait a second. The Schlitz you gave to me because you hated it so much. No, I drank the Schlitz. I thought you gave me the Schlitz. Oh, I had a lot of Schlitz. You had a Schlitz. <laughs> Schlitz also brewed by Paps, by the way. Really? I didn't know that. Oh, there we go. Hey, All we right. have guests. Okay. We got some guests. Uh, hi, guys. How are you? Hello. Good. How are you guys? I'm doing super. We're doing oh, good. Right. We're, so, we're talking dive bars. Yeah, we kind of got nice. sidetracked to the dive bars. Yeah, we haven't talked Apologies. festivals at all yet. We're talking dive bars. So what is your, <laughs> how, how do you guys define a, a dive bar? What's your favorite? Uh, dark, dank, out of the way. Hole in the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. a lot of selection. Yeah. And it's gotta be cheap. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. very cheap. Yeah. yeah, that's rule number one. <laughs> yeah, you, you nailed it. And and to me, you're not going to be a real dive bar unless you have the appropriate bathroom. And if your yes. bathroom is not divey and gross and a little bit seedy and, you know, it's got critters running around in the corners. I just don't, I don't buy it. I think that you're, I think you're parading around and trying to say that you're a dive. There's a dive bar here in town um, that we affectionately say has gotten huzzied up. So they put a new coat of paint on the outside and they painted the inside. Now the drinks are still cheap. They're still strong and it's still open 24 hours, but you walk into the bathroom and they've painted the damn thing purple and put Prince pictures all over the place. Hmm. Nice. You're not a dive bar anymore. No, <laughs> you're not we a dive just, bar. We decided uh, that the glass bowl sinks and uh, water fountain, or waterfall, uh, you know, faucets. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. It, you're out. You're out. Yeah. The so. Olive Garden is a bigger dive bar than you are at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the reason why we had, uh, by the way, introduce our guest there, Barry, and then we'll get the show actually going. We've you guys spent plenty of time. I, actually, let Taco. Yeah. Taco has met these folks. So oh, I did. Yeah. Um, good to see you again. Yeah. We ran into each other or, you know, at the uh, Mark Rubele show. Loop Daddy in Chattanooga. Uh, that's the third that was... pronunciation that I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've gotten it right any time. I don't know what it is. <laughs> uh, it's pronounced, I'm telling, it's pronounced Merck. Okay, Merck. Yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Yeah. Good point. But um, yeah, uh, Bonnaroo got canceled and, you know, we went to the uh, mini Roo up in Winchester and me and um, David Bruce, uh, I am Bonnaroo, we decided to take a trip to Chattanooga and see that Loop Daddy show and ran into these guys and then met up afterwards and went to a bar and just had a good night. So, and y'all are from Knoxville. Is that correct? Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 We were just looking for something to do after Bonnaroo got canceled. So that's yeah, how we ended up. Of course, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. What made you pick Chattanooga? Just something to do or. Yeah. Well, the Mark show? was actually the, the first of the artists uh, after everything got canceled that, had the complete show lineup ready to go. And we were like, well, you know, we really wanted to see him at Bonnaroo. So let's That's do it. true. They really, they really pulled that show out quick. Yeah. 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 With, it was within minutes. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The reason why we wanted to have you guys on and uh, forgive us for doing a little background here real quick is because uh, we wanted to spend this episode talking not about dive bars, but about Boston calling right. uh, last week, we were going through festival lineup after festival lineup. And then we, you know, it struck me every single year, Boston calling just, it feels like they just hit home run after home run. And, you know, you do a little bit of digging and you start realizing that this, this festival is, is quite well done. And the thing that I didn't know, Barry Boston calling completely independent operation, um, in 2013, they started, and I didn't know this either, they started as a fall-spring festival. So they did two of them. And it all began because Aaron Desner from The National said, I don't know, let's, let's, do, a, let's do a thing. Now, I don't know how a Cincinnati kid, uh, and you know, part-time Cincinnati, part-time New York, then finds himself in Boston curating a music festival lineup. But go to 2013, Go to 2014. Go to the fall of 2014. There is not a lineup that they have curated that is not incredible. Absolutely incredible. Now, the thing that I don't know anything about is uh, the grounds. I know they changed uh, facilities somewhere in, in the you know 2014 or 15, I don't know. They changed at some point and, and went to a new place. I don't know anything about the grounds. I have only been to Boston once. So we wanted to sort of, you know, 
fill in the blanks of what Boston calling is. Um, because I tell you, you know, it got my attention last year. got my attention the year before got my attention before that, but it must be a Southern thing that because we have shaking knees and we have Bonnaroo, these, these sort of Northeastern festivals just go right by us, Barry, and we don't pay any attention to them. Yeah. Well, you and I talked about it a little bit on the show. Um, and then, uh, Jessica sent us an email and, uh, basically said you should check it out. So being clever, like I am, I said, come on the show and tell us about it. So that's why you're here. <laughs> clever is can someone else do the work for me? I, I, that's the cleverness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's how I live my life too. <laughs> yeah. Let somebody else do the heavy lifting. Yeah, sure. Well, let's, so let's go start. ahead. Yeah. So let's start. Yeah. And go, and go. Uh, talk to you in 45 minutes. Uh, well. So, yeah, so <laughs> tell me, so you guys have been, yes. Yes. All right. So, so why did you choose this festival? What year did you go? And uh, what was the reason for it? Well, it's kind of twofold. I have family up there, so it's easy for me to go visit, but I really wanted to go. We went in 2018. Um, and it, the reason I like them is because you can get uh, different regional acts you don't see here um, in the Southeast. Uh, they were actually, um, Belly was part of the lineup that year. Um, you know, the alt rock band Belly uh, with Tanya Donnelly from the Throwing Muses. She was one of my favorites, and um, that's why I wanted to go see the band to begin with. But then I talked to my cousins, and we just all decided to go. And, you know, Boston's a fun place to visit. Yeah, it, it was just really one of those. Uh, it kind of met the moment at that time. And it was like, well, you know, we have a big gap in between them because I've only been going to festivals for three or four years now officially since a lot of things have been canceled. But uh yeah, it just, it, it felt right. And then especially for last year when everything was supposed to happen again, we had signed up to, to go to the 2021 and then, you know, that got pushed out. So, okay. Well, let's, let's start with just basic setup. Um, where is the festival held and how far outside of the city center is it? Um, well, it's moved. Like you said, it used to be downtown, but they moved it out to the Harvard athletic fields. So it's, it's right, um, to the West of Boston, you know, over near Cambridge and all it's in Alston. Um, it's just South of Cambridge, but it's totally accessible. It's on their subway system, the T, um, you could easily get to the festival from anywhere else. And I think that's, um, one of the draws because you can, it's, um, you know, in a city that's pretty accessible for other areas. So, so, so close enough to be considered a city fest, huh? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I, I would so, call it like a suburb almost of Boston. Yeah. I, think right, your, I think you said in your email, it's very walkable. Yeah. You, mm -hmm. you hit it, but also the, uh, the trains, the T gets you there. It's pretty easy. So, I mean, how, how close are you able to stay, you know, hotel wise and all that? Hmm. See, that's different for us because the oh, yeah, way you have family, we, right? Yeah, we stayed with family and then just took the train into town, so it was a lot easier. But I'd say it's pretty accessible. I mean, because of the subway system, obviously you could stay in Cambridge or Somerville or um, anywhere along the subway line, and it'd be a pretty easy um, ride. And then walk to the festival. When are they? When are they wanting you out? When is the uh, sort of like shutdown time? Uh, it, it does end at about 11, yeah. you know, like most cities. Normal sure. city festival. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. All right. So when you walk in, uh, what is the setup like? Uh, and, and 
could you compare it to any other festival that is the same sort of size? It actually reminds me a lot of shaking knees in that, like all of the, the way the acts are set up and the stages are set up, it's very back to back to back. So you go from one show to the next show to the next show. Like there is mm-hmm. no really downtime. And how many stages are there? Three, four? I think there's four this year for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Plus they have the, uh, the athletic complex that they'll do comedy shows or, you know, in the hockey arena. So it's, it's air conditioned. People like to go in there. It's nice. (laughs) So kind of like the old comedy tents that they had at Bonnaroo. Well, wait a second. Is the weather bad in March? Is it, wait a second. It's not in March. It's Memorial day weekend. Okay. But is it, is it hot in Boston and Memorial day? It depends. depends, (laughs) Really? Okay. We've been when it's been warm, but then it also can be cold and rainy. Uh, You know, it's the Northeast. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. And you, just to give people an idea, you've been to Bonnaroo. How many times have you been to Bonnaroo? Um, I've been six times and Reggie's been twice officially, three or four times unofficially. Or you didn't get in or what? No, it was this thing called COVID, Barry. Yes. Right. Uh, <laughs> oh, I he got you. I was say, you. You're not telling your boss you went. Is it your first it? day? Uh, we had this little uh, pandemic. I got you. Um, wh- what other festivals have you been to? You, Shaky Knees, I assume. Yes, Shaky Knees, Lollapalooza. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been overseas to Mad Cool and Rock Worker. Mm-hmm. No kidding. You did Mad Cool, huh? Oh, yeah. Mad Why cool. in the world did you choose that? Like so the line here was, nope. I agree. Yeah. Whatever he said. <laughs> the lineup that year, uh, in 2018, that was the same year that we went to, uh, to Boston calling. It was really set up so well. It was a slam dunk of a lineup. Who was on it? What was, what was the draw? Let's see. So we had Depeche Mode, uh, Queens of the Stone Age, Nine Inch Nails, uh, 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 Alice in Chains. Yeah, but this is this is this is in Madrid. So yeah. I have to say, how in the hell are you guys getting all this time off? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's what know. we use for our vacations. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's just our yearly vacation. So it's kind of blocked out the time of like, don't expect us to be here for about a week. Do you guys, do you guys set out to do like an international festival or did this one just, just make too much sense and work out perfectly? It made a lot of sense because also at the time, uh, we had a friend that lived in Belgium. And so it ended up that we were going to just go straight to Madrid. And then it's like, well, you know, we, how often are we going to do this? So then we bounced to Barcelona, Belgium, Turkey eventually happened during yeah. that trip. So yeah. yeah, Barry, Barry, if you're not, if you don't know, these are foreign countries. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't get there from here. You're not going to be able to drive. No, it's a, no, I'm not going. Barry historically doesn't leave the state of Tennessee. Uh, can, uh, I, can I see him? Can I see him from my basement? <laughs> <laughs> no, so you Take guys would be, you're, you're, you're the perfect person to ask. Um, can you compare them? How do you, how do they compare? And, and I mean, not necessarily rate though. If you can rate them, that would be okay. But it's the comparison I'm more interested in. It is a lot more efficient, what I guess mean? is the best way to say it. Which what do you ones? Mean? Which, uh, both of them actually what, rock worker and mad cool. Yeah. The, 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 the ones overseas. Yeah. The ones overseas for Boston calling. Um, I would rank it about at the same level as shaking knees, just as far as, uh, 
the ease of being able to get to it, but it, you know, it's a normal city festival in that way, but it's kind of in the heart of the city. Well, so hang, on, hang on a second. You said, you said the, I've always had this feeling that there is, there's a massive difference between an international festival and an American festival. What do you mean by more efficient? I, I would say it's because they've been around for so long. Yeah. Um, they just know, you know, <laughs> they know what works. Yeah. So for comparison, this is something we only saw overseas. It was crazy. They actually had people walking around with backpacks, these large um, backpacks full of beer and they would come around and they could fill your cup while you're waiting in the crowd. So, so you didn't you... have to leave. Well, yeah, that's what taco did. Wow. That's taco. Yeah. That's what we, yeah. We started the same thing. Yeah. We get into the whole like, sharing brilliant. <laughs> Why don't they do that here? <laughs> we have a taco for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, so beer efficiency, what else, what else is, is efficient about it that you like? Uh, do you feel like the stage, setup is better? Yes. The stages were set up where there wasn't a lot of sound bleed. I think there was one issue that uh, one of the bands that was supposed to be at Mad Cool didn't actually play because sound bleed from where they were, but that had to do with the tent issue of just where it was located. Um, but other than that, it was, they also had a craft, um, a craft beer and cocktail area it rock worked her, uh, but it was closed off. So they actually gave you glass. Yeah. yeah. They gave you what glassware to actually use, but you could only use it in that area. And Brad, that it, sounds like the uh, bourbon tent in Louisville. When, yeah, you, yeah. when you embarrassed yeah. me in front of uh, Ashley caps, I did not embarrass <laughs> you in front of Ashley caps. I said something true and you agreed. And, but you, yeah. Okay. It was, it was and then, weird. and then we hugged, um, well, we all hugged it out. It was fun. Well, well I was going to say we, we hugged Brittany Howard. <laughs> Are the grounds bigger or... Do they take up more space? Is that because the sound bleed is, is better there because they just take, they have a lot more accessible areas? What is it about the International Festival, Mad Cool especially, that doesn't have, you know, the, the sound issues? Um, I think it's the way they set up the stages because they're kind of perpendicular and um, it's the direction uh, that the sound is going and the way that they they move the bands in and out. It's always facing a different way, but you don't have to walk very far. We literally were watching Depeche Mode on one stage turned, you know, turned around and Nine Inch Nails was starting. We yeah. didn't, we barely we didn't have to move at all. <laughs> yeah. our, our Moon River Festival is like that. And I was just thinking, uh, we have a band here in town called Glass Hammer, which is an internationally known prog rock band. And they did a European uh, festival three years ago, I guess. And I was stunned to hear them tell me that basically it's a city run festival. They literally fence off the entire city and it shuts down for that weekend. And once you buy your ticket, you're in it, it's you're in that little small town. That's not what you're talking about. Right. It's, it's, uh, it's bigger uh, than that. Rock worker was definitely like that. You were kind of That's so weird. Town. That's so cool. Yeah. And they had, they had camping there. We didn't, we actually biked to, to the festival in that 
that situation. But, th- but they did have camping and it reminded me a lot of Bonnaroo when we were walking through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know Bonnaroo was, um, you know, um, uh, designed to be kind of like a European festival. So mm-hmm. I, I, it did remind me a lot of that. Uh, so first off, you know, we haven't even said this. I mean, thanks for, thanks for jo- joining us and thanks for jumping on and doing this for, uh, you know, talking about festivals and, and I'm surprised that we haven't, uh, talked to Bonnaroo, talked about Bonnaroo with you before, but, um, specifically about Boston calling, um, you guys can have an opinion about this if you want. I mean, if you don't, it's no problem, but I wonder if there's a reason this thing is always so well done and it's because it's an independent operation, Barry, you know, when, when the conglomerates start taking over a lot of these festivals, you know, you get a lot of the same things happening in every part of the country and uh, Boston Collings still maintain their independence here. I wonder if that has helped um, the overall feel of that thing always seeming to be a tad different than everything else. Yeah, I, I, I can't disagree. It's, it's, it goes back to what we've been trying to get at. I think for this whole time we've been doing this show is what's the mission, you know, what's the purpose for doing it. And, uh, the ones that seem to be doing it well, have a, a really clear mission. And whatever that is, you know, we talked about last week, uh, um, you know, the, uh, forecastle seems to have hit a home run with younger fans. It's maybe not for us, but it's hit a home run with a certain, uh, group. And I think those, the ones that know what they want to do and, and are able to do it, um, are, are the ones that, you know, seem to, to do it right every year. When you guys are there, do you sense it's mostly locals or is it a good mix of out of town or so? I would say it's a good mix. Yeah. Um, definitely a lot more locals, but, um, well, it's a college town yeah. and it's Memorial day weekend. So I feel mm. like there are a lot of kids there, um, since it's the end of the semester, but there are a lot does of people it, that but travel it doesn't, too. but it doesn't feel young. No, <laughs> no, not really. Yeah. No, there's people of all ages. Um, you know, there's a lot of grad schools there and then, you know, we're a bit older and professors because, are there. Right. Because, because, <laughs> for, because for comparison, how can um, you tell even, the patches on the, on the jacket? Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the reading glasses, Barry. It's a, <laughs> so, walking around like this. Yeah. <laughs> They've got a monocle. The, um, the thing about the, the shaky, the shaking these comparisons, interesting because, and this is no fault of theirs, but shaking these, even though it's a really well done, I actually like shaking these a lot. And, you know, they've really dialed into exactly what they want to be the last few years. I do feel like it's still sort of young. I feel, I feel like the shaking these crowd is, is just inherently young mainly because, you know, maybe it's just Atlanta, but boy, um, nothing is as young as I've ever seen as Lollapalooza. I think it feels like the average age is like 16 and a half at Lollapalooza. I've never been around. um, I'm I'm the most geriatric person in the entire crowd. It feels very odd. Uh, So I wonder, does it feel that young? No, Lollapalooza. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And having been to Lollapalooza the, the one time I would agree. I think I was a little taken aback by, how how young it skewed (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Well, let me, yeah, and to, I actually, let me. I actually have, I was actually told, and I don't really want to get into it, but the amount of beer that they sell is actually not even close to any other festival in the, in the, in the portfolio, because the crowd is that young. They told me the average age one year and it would stun you. It would stun you. Oh, I believe Can, it. Maybe I, I'm trying to ask you guys Brad's question. Um, I mean, cause do you go to Boston calling because you have family there because of the lineup? And do you think it would do well numbers wise ticket sales wise? Um, no matter what the lineup was because it's Memorial weekend and it's a college town and, and those sorts of things. Uh, if, if I think it has sense. a, yeah, I would think it has a lot to do with the lineup and just the, the overall makeup of the lineup and the location of it with it being so walkable. Um, so it's everything. It was, it's a combination yeah. of all the things. Okay. Yeah. And it was always one of those festivals that was, uh, you know, on our agenda to eventually hit, it just kind of matched up with, uh, her having family there. Uh, so that kind of took away that additional stress of, you know, where are you going to stay? Mm-hmm. Cause you, you got to put your body somewhere at night. So <laughs> I would say yeah. it's definitely the lineup too. Cause I, I do feel like they do pick their lane and try to skew it towards the audience that they want. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it may skew towards, uh, college age kids. It, but I, I think, um, it's just an overall lineup is always strong. Yeah. Um, like we bought our tickets when they first went on sale for the pre-sale. Cause we thought rage against the machine was going to be there. Uh, we were going to have a family reunion with my cousins to go, all go see rage. But, you know, even with them, unfortunately having to drop out, I feel like it's a solid lineup and it has been most years. And, and what is the ticket price? Like, was I, it? it was around, I think now it's around like 330. They, I know they Ooh, it's still high. Ooh, that's yeah. High. <laughs> it didn't start that way. Was, they had their same tiers kind of like Bonnaroo. I think it uh-huh. started around like 250. Yeah. I think like they that. were about yeah. 250. In comparison, I wonder what the shaky knees ticket is Barry. Um, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, I wonder though, and, and if you don't have any answer to this, that's fine. First off, I think that there is, you get a lot of help when you have somebody like Aaron curating the festival with you, you know, you can uh, call in a lot of favors when uh, you've got him uh, making the calls. But the second thing is I wonder why, and if you had any, like, I wish that I could talk to somebody from Boston calling. I wonder why they went from two weekends to one. I wonder if there was like a strategic reason, um, maybe a financial reason, whatever. I, I, I love this idea of it being curated two times a year and then, um, you know, getting two completely different lineups that way, you know, Coachella, of course, does the two weekends and, and, you know, that's fine, but boy, it's really interesting because we argue and that we didn't argue, but we did hear rumblings very years ago that Bonnaroo wanted to do two different festivals a year and they wanted to do a Bonnaroo spring and a Bonnaroo fall. Uh, then that transition to, well, maybe it'll be Bonnaroo and then a country Bonnaroo. And then it became Bonnaroo and a hard rock Bonnaroo. Um, yeah. That fall nope. one never got, never got legs, never it? got off the ground, and but real but quick I to wonder, your question, GA, but there's a reason, there's a reason why they don't do it. And I wonder what it is. Yeah. It didn't work. 
Um, no, I'm talking about Boston Collie. Boston, oh, there's, they, there's a reason why they don't do two weekends. And I, and I, and I just, I don't know, maybe, maybe because it's financial stuff. I don't know. Maybe the answer is really simple. I just, I just don't know what the answer is. Well, I would also wonder if it has to do a lot with uh, the timing of coming in with Memorial Day and some of the students, because I imagine that's a lot of their audience is trying to grab those students before they head off to do whatever they need to do uh, for the rest of the summer. And so I guess they just kind of just condensed it to one weekend, uh, really concentrate and focus on getting the best they can, because it seems like, especially looking at, um, like Coachella, how they have their two weekends, that seems a little easier for them to manage. I don't know with on the scale of Boston calling, if that's, if that's something that they can contain having all of those same artists stay in that area. I, I don't know. We'll have to yeah. find somebody to ask. But to your question, Brad, shaking knees, uh, the GA is 205 uh, GA plus, and I don't know what the difference is, is 430. So, yeah. And then on up. The three-day um, ultimate pass is 7,500. So I'm going to put us down for two. Yeah. Go ahead and – yeah. Why two? Make it six. Well, rust Eight, and sleep ten. on the floor. Um, I, <laughs> I mean, I, look, I, I think that um, – I'm sorry to be completely out of touch here uh, and I'll get roasted for this, but when did the prices get this high? <laughs> when did the rent get so damn high? The rent's too damn high. I, uh, is this, is this a, is this a new thing? It was the, were the prices this high two years ago before the pandemic? Yeah. They weren't so. as high, I will say, though, because uh, last year when we were going to go to Bonnaroo, it was going to be our first VIP experience because we were like, you know, what the heck, let's let's go for it. And then when they announced the prices for this year, we were like, that's that's out of the range. A little stiff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the what experiences was keep going up. What was the price? I want to say it was it's I think it was like twelve hundred dollars a ticket. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. They have 1200 <laughs> and they have a 3,500 VIP ticket too. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, well, all said and done though. I mean, you're going to spend $1,200, $2,000 on a trip to Boston for the weekend. Uh, when it's all said and done. Yeah. Even if you do have friends that you can stay with, you're going to, you know, you're still going to be spending a, a good chunk. What are you doing at night? Um, are there any after shows around town at Boston calling? Uh, there's a lot of food. We actually meant to look up to see if they did after shows or not. Cause I don't remember that we did any last time we were there. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. though, that they have some kind of after shows. Um, and it's again, really easy to navigate. So um, well, what do you get? What did you guys do? We ate and ran the train and, <laughs> uh, stumbled home. Yeah, yeah. Just lots of different pubs and yeah. good restaurants. Just lots of good food. When you go even to the European ones and, and Boston as well, are you the type to get there as soon as the gates open or you get there when your first favorite band or depends? Kind of just get there when you feel like it really, because there, and there's so much to do in the area surrounding it. Like I think for most of the days we would go and have a drink outside of the grounds because one, it was cheaper Two, the selections better. And so it was like, well, you know, the band that we want to see comes on it three o'clock. So let's wander over when we all feel like it. Yeah. 
we go to museums and such too. Yeah. There's always, you know, something to find to do while we're. Do they have um? Do they have PBR in museums? <laughs> That's a good question. Mm. I need to do some more research. <laughs> yeah, Taco. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Oh, too I'm bad. I'm gonna say no. Yeah, uh, too bad. Darn. Um. Well, this. <laughs> Why is, look, don't go? I mean. The... <laughs> That's why. <laughs> That's why. Uh, I mean, I am. I am very intrigued. Uh, the only. The only catch that I have with this is, um, and this is totally. I mean, it's. It's nobody but me. Um, I, I'm partial to the cities that I already travel to for work. Um, so the Nashvilles, the Chicago's, New York's, LA's, Austin. Like those are the cities that I just gravitate to, and I just don't there's not a time in my life aside from one time when we were driving through and I said, you know, I should go to Boston. Um, I, I'm assuming that the Red Sox are not in town usually on Memorial day weekend because of this, or, or are they in town? Like the Cubs are for Lollapalooza. Cause I always like to grab a Cubs game when I go to Lollapalooza. I wonder if you could do the same thing with the Red Sox. I think you might be accommodated. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that they do have a game around that time. Yeah. usually. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm really intrigued. I really want to go, uh, because there's something about this, this festival that just keeps look. I mean, when you realize that there's some serious names that are part of this and it's a completely independent, um, operation, uh, that's been now nine years strong, Barry, there's, there's something that's really, really intriguing about going to this that, um, I don't know. It's just been stuck in my head for the last few weeks. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and I, I love listening to Jessica and Reggie because they have such the comparisons. I mean, you've been to all kinds of different ones, right? From not just Bonnaroo, the, which is a camping to the Boston, which is a city to shaky knees to the European one. So, um, do you have a favorite or are they all just, they're all have their advantages and you like them all or differently? <laughs> That's hard to say. Bonnaroo still hits so different than everything else, but it's hard to keep it in that same same category as other festivals, especially other city festivals, because they have their own kind of caveats of. Yeah, it's like apples and oranges. You really can't compare. Yeah. So, so I mean, Bonnaroo is its own thing, and that'll always be the top because we we've been going and we love it. We I, did, I miss, did I miss somewhere? Where Where do you guys live? Knoxville. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, Bonnaroo is easy for you. Yeah. Right. Um, if Bonnaroo wasn't near you, would you be trekking it every year? Not every year. It would definitely be lineup dependent and it's Barry, getting more so <laughs> Barry, I'm telling you, you know, I thought that, you know, living there, I, I didn't think that living there was going to be the reason why I went to Bonnaroo every year, but you know, not living there makes me really start looking around and say, ah, do I really want to go and spend it's a, an effort? It's a week. It's a, it's an it's entire not an easy drive from Knoxville. It seems like it would be, but it's not, is it? Not really. Uh, you got to come down here you, and then go up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and having to load the car and then prepare well, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like two and a half hours. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Have, is there the same, do you have, I mean, you have family in Boston, so that's a little bit different, but do you get the same sense of community? Uh, I mean, the fact that you guys met with taco at the show and came down here, I mean, what happened this year was, 
to me, so indicative of why Bonnaroo is special. I mean, Brad and, and, uh, Russ and David Bruce, who drove down from New Jersey and Nick, who's in our camp, we all ended up on my front porch, you know, that Saturday. Well, that's because we knew you weren't going to leave the house. <laughs> well, it's the that. only way we could see you. It's the only way we were going to see dad is if we went to you. It was awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there were so many little mini ruse is what I'm, I'm getting at. Uh, do you get the sense that there's anything like that from these others? Some, yes. Yeah, I would say yes. I saw heads going. On, on... <laughs> I went all over the place. I was like, eh. <laughs> I think that community is everywhere. I think sometimes you have to look for it. Um, when we went to Magpul, we stayed in a hostel in Madrid. And that oh, was cool. very much like Bonnaroo because you've got a bunch of people that are all there for the same reason. And we, you know, we met other festival goers and spend time with them. Um, I think though, it just depends like city festivals. It's easy to just stay in your hotel room and, you know, maybe not interact as, as often and as much with festival goers until you get there. I think you just may have to go look for it a bit more. Yeah. It seems a lot easier at, at Bonnaroo mostly because when you're there, you're all there. There is nothing else for you to oh, do. It's like there. I've, I was like, I've heard that before. Where did that, let me, let me write that down. When write you're there. Down. I'm going to try to remember that. You're there. <laughs> but at the, uh, the other city festivals, you do, you do get that sense of community. It's just the fact of, you know, at the end of the day at 11 o'clock or midnight or whatever it is, you all kind of just go your separate ways right. and hope you come back the next day the same way. So. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I mean, this has been tremendously informative and I appreciate you guys' perspective and find, yeah, like Barry said, finding out that you guys go to, you know, every festival, it seems like uh, up and down the line. That's pretty impressive. Why no Coachella? Ooh. <laughs> still, still working up to it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. This is the first year I've, I've dabbled with the idea of going just because I, I mean, I think it's so impossible to wrap my head around something so completely, so, so far away and so completely out of my comfort zone. And I don't have anywhere to stay. I don't feel comfortable, you know, flying, you know, my entire, you know, diva like, you know, wardrobe over to uh, California to, to camp. Um, I don't want to stay in LA and drive down the air the entire time. So I've been just waiting for the moment that somebody just had a house that I could, you know, bunk in. And I, I stumbled upon someone who does for the first time. And, you know, I don't know, Barry, I don't know. I still, even with that possibility, I don't, I still have this like odd feeling of whether, you know, do I even want to do this? Do I really want to go to Coachella? I don't know. Maybe the lineup, maybe the lineup, will, the right lineup will get you there. I mean, I do true. love Harry you Styles. You don't even go. I mean, what Harry Styles is great. They have good restaurants in LA, I hear. Turns out, yeah, you know, <laughs> you're never going to see them. <laughs> I'm talking about you because yeah. you're not going to go see the music anyway. No, no, no. I'll be well into the city. Well, that's going to be the problem. Like I, I want to see, that's the other thing about Coachella. Uh, follow my logic here. I'll get a house in 
the Valley or wherever the festival is, but I'll still be going to LA every afternoon and <laughs> evening for dinner. So where should I stay here? That's, um, why, that's why it's really tricky for you. It's really, really tricky for me. Um, all right. Well guys, thank you so much for not only um, being a fellow Bonnaroovian for being on the show, uh, talking to us about Boston calling. It's uh, very informative and, and I can't wait to see you guys if we do uh, at Bonnaroo. All right. We hope to see you too. We yeah. we're big fans of your shows. Uh, we're big fans of you. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. This was great. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Thanks. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Yeah. See you. See you again. That was yeah. great. Yeah, and very informative. I'm not kidding about this. I seriously do want to try and figure out how to go to this. Um, you know, it's Boston, and it's a city I don't. I'm, I've only been in for an hour and a half, so it, it's it's I wrapping your head around. It, yeah, I think we would find it a lot like Louisville, which I love. Maybe. Yeah, I, had you know, I love the festival, and I love Louisville. So yeah, yeah I, Boston would be great. I wanted to to wrap the show up with something that happened this week that I was really really excited for. Our old buddies, repeat, repeat launched a new song it came out this past week it's called arrangements and i'd like to play it and to finish the show if you don't mind love it yeah, if you haven't it. heard it and if you're if you're not familiar with repeat repeat jared and Kristen, um we love them with all of our hearts they're two of the best people you'll ever find and i think the song is incredible i think the song is incredible it's like 007 you know it's just so so well done so i want to wrap up with with giving them and their new single a, uh, a spin here. Uh, Barry Quarter, Lord Taco, anything else before we go? Have a great week. Oh, by yeah. the way, if you've made it this far and you work or operate Boston Calling, I would love to come to your festival. I agree. Um, <laughs> love to come and... Uh, Pick me up on the way up. Yeah. Anything that you well, guys want from us, we will be there. That's right. Uh, apparently, they listened to our show last week and, and liked what we had to say. Oh, good. Well, please, yeah. please, please, if you want the What Podcast part of your festival, you just let us know. <laughs> we can do <laughs> all. We will. <laughs> yeah. uh, very rarely are, but boy, we're right. possibilities out there. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We'll see you soon. All right. Consequence Podcast Network. Well, hello there. This is Brad Steiner. This is Barry Corder. And after you check out the latest episode of the What Podcast, be sure to check out some of the other great programs on the Consequence Podcast Network, including Rootsland. It's an original story of two friends who take a musical and spiritual journey from the suburbs of Long Island to the streets of Kingston, Jamaica. Or Kyle Meredith with where you can find interviews with all of your favorite musicians and bands. Hosted by our guy, Kyle Meredith. New episodes air weekly on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Head to Consequence.net to listen to these podcasts and many great others. 